right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here, John Rom, Big Randy's favorite golfer, most inspiring player he's ever seen, is the BMW champion. He is here to talk just at length about his boy. God, what a win. What a cool win. What a golfer. I never knew he was this good. What an eye-opener. TC is here. Can we edit Randy's t- uh, take from Thursday night. What was the take? This? Was that he's not good at golf, or he doesn't enjoy watching? He does nothing golf. for me. He's not good at golf. Which that's that still, Randy? yeah, he still doesn't do anything for me. But my whole point was, I because I've never seen anything contrary. I believe he stunk because I'd never seen him <laughs> play well with my own eyes. <laughs> Just. <laughs> DJ Pi is here and ready to speak. Very ready to speak. As I pointed out on the live show, that could be because you don't watch golf, which is we need to at least acknowledge. And, and B, you did watch golf today. So what did you see as you're let's, crunching on your ice? Before we get into that, we, oh, sorry. Let's get, before we get too deep on this, uh, we got an email from a listener this week. His name's Rob. Uh, he said, longtime listener, first time emailer. Thought I would share what I think is a cool story with you guys. I thought this was a very cool story. Said earlier this year, I bought a dozen of the NLU Chrome Soft Truvis balls as an add-on to get free shipping on my order. They sat in my closet as I which is how we get you, by the way. Yeah, they sat in my closet as I wasn't quite sure I wanted to be the guy in the foursome rolling the soccer ball around the course. Fair thought. I've had this thought as well. Uh, then COVID hit, and my stepmother became very ill, eventually passing away from COVID-like symptoms. After a week after her passing, I found a few minutes to get out to the course. She was always a fan of doing what made you feel good and not worrying about what others think. So I grabbed the red, white, and blue soccer ball with the Wayward Drive logos, went straight to the tee. While I would be happy to take you through shot by shot of that round, I'll summarize by saying I recorded my lowest round ever and first round in the 60s. So now the guy who was too self-conscious to even try the Truvis at first now has it proudly displayed for all to see. Thanks for the assist on a special memory. How about that? That was a tremendous story to get. And I'll say, Rob, an alum. The my alma mater, Marist the, School the, in Atlanta. The Marist School. The Marist School. And he did this on a very proper golf course. It's it's very impressive, and uh, I think we anyone that plays the Truvis has dealt with the stigma in their head of of do I want to be this guy playing the soccer ball? And I think anyone who's who's played the Truvis has had that aha moment of like, man, that's that was, chip shot was fun to watch. Yeah. that <laughs> putt was fun to watch. Who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now back to uh, why Randy hates Rom so much. Look. <laughs> look. He, no, this is a safe place. I don't think, I don't think you is, hate him. He just doesn't joke. do anything no, for yeah, you. Right? No, he just doesn't do anything. Like you, you like watching him play. Honestly? I did today. That was that was, that was very awesome. fun to watch today. <laughs> that was very fun to watch. I felt like he was gonna beat the shit out of somebody in the crowd, like for his celebration, just like walk over. Him. He's been working on that temper. He's did he think it? it back. I don't think he thought it was in until the last six feet or so. I think he was kind of walking to see how the putt was gonna react coming back. Yeah, trying to get and, the read, and then he kind of stopped in his tracks, yeah. like, "Whoa, this might go in." That pin was awesome. Randy thought maybe it was a funnel pin. It looked like a total funnel pin. <laughs> I didn't see it. Did you see any putt miss from that spot? <laughs> Mackenzie Hughes made made his putt from I the know. other angle. Mackenzie Hughes is the only one that didn't go in the dead center of the hole. DJ That's and Rob both hit the d- absolute dead center of the hole. But first of all, DJ's putt. Like I, I don't know where to. I don't even know where to start. With. It's always hard to react to like really great drama. Like I don't know what more I have to add other than that was. Avery that was insane. Yeah, he's a savant. DJ Tron and I were watching it, and I'll say this: DJ called it early. 
I told him absolutely not. My fiance called it too, and I was like, honey, no, it's over. Like, I got to go over to the house, record the pod. He's like, no, he's going to make it. And then there are very few moments in the year where literally you jump off off the couch in excitement. And that so, was... You, yeah. didn't, you didn't jump off the couch. I was going to say, it's no. hard from a... No, I was no, going to say, that was, that was Tron. Oh, yeah. Came over and high-fived yeah. us. That that's was true. That, I mean, that was a top three moment of the year for you, and which was I, cool. And, and then I said, F you, Randy. <laughs> and then he disparaged He's one me. of the greatest players of all time. Maybe the greatest player of all time. Have you ever erupted from the horizontal position on the couch all the way off the couch because of golf? Yeah, for sure. From, from all the way horizontal? Like laying down. Well, yeah, he, okay. he was horizontal on the floor for a while. <laughs> well, listen, then he elevated for the final stretch. No, if I get horizontal, out. though, it's a good indicator of it's just not doing it for me. You were horizontal for a while today, Deej. For a minute, yeah. For not the right reasons. What? The whoop. The whoop killer. No, no, just like you said, it was one of those gas leak. Uh, oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm confused. <laughs> so the, the tournament... And we'll get to this. Is not really coverage related. Totally, it was this just is, this is not Amsterdam. It but. felt it felt very flat up until you know it didn't right, and it was kind of watching the final round, and it kind of waffled between like DJ is going to win by a million after the first four or five holes, and then I called it a gas league tournament where you kind of just slowly, slowly sink into your couch, and you kind of just don't you watching, but you don't really take anything in. Until I was kind of like had to snap myself back out of it and be like, whoa, like Neiman's leading? Like when did that happen? I, I've been watching for two hours. I had no idea Neiman was, was leading. But then I thought it, you know, obviously it was extremely dramatic coming down the stretch. So somebody's somebody jumped in and said, It's it's not gas. It's not gas. <laughs> it's not gas. It's not, not gas. gas. <laughs> Shout out to our guy in Williamstown, Massachusetts. Rom was T39 after 36 holes. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but yesterday during his round. <laughs> He uh, he picked up his ball. They couldn't show that enough times on the green. I have no complaints about that. <laughs> they could have showed it twenty more times. I would have laughed every single time. Like how does it was that, like the Zach Johnson. We talked about thing it on the live show the other night. How does that happen? I've played golf like a lot. I've played less rounds of golf in my life than John Rom. Yes, never in the playoffs though. That's Correct. True. Playoff pressure makes you do yeah. weird and things. He just went and and picked his ball up. He's in the zone, man. How about the fact, I mean, there's a lot of stats you can dig up from this week. How about the fact that his only bogey on the weekend was when he fucking picked up his ball without <laughs> marking it? That's the only one. And like, it, I know today was a bit soft and a bit of a crowning, I believe Randy would probably say, but it was not easy out no there. No way. Like, it wasn't easy to avoid bogeys for 36 straight holes aside from picking your ball up. I, I think you really saw that with DJ shot into 18 in regulation. Like that was oh. the perfect example of like, Man, he hit it to 40 feet, but what an unbelievable golf shot. That was that one was. of the best shots I've seen all year. He, could, he <laughs> landed so that good. in the circle that yeah. he needed to land it in. It wasn't Randy the best shot of the tournament, but it was one of the best shots I've seen <laughs> yeah. all year. How's picking up your ball only a one-stroke penalty? That's exactly what I was thinking, too. What would you? What would be a more equitable penalty for you? DQ, for sure, but at least a two-stroker. Kick his ass off the tour? <laughs> Maybe. Why should it be a two-shot penalty? Why should it just be one? It's like saying it's like taking an unplayable, basically. It's taking an unplayable unofficially. So you're taking the unplayable, but you didn't do it correctly, so you should be penalized further. Taking an unplayable is a gentlemanly thing to do. Yeah. Just picking up your ball is not gentlemanly. It's not like at a, all. It's true. It's like Mickelson at Shinnecock. Kind of similar. That ball to that. was in motion, <laughs> though. We don't know where that one was going to end up. That was he, what he was, also should have taken an unplayable. What was his penalty? He should have been DQ'd for sure. And maybe possibly suspended for the rest of the year. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to do anything to discourage that kind of behavior, though, because that was awesome. I like going back, though, like psychologically, like what is he thinking? What is I mean, I know he wasn't thinking, but like how does that happen? The only way I could explain it is they show the clip 
for the when they saw it for the eighteenth time today, he, they show him repairing his ball mark and like putting his divot tool away when he like he repairs it, puts the divot tool away, and then reaches down for the ball. I think that in his he like crossed up the two things of like, yeah, this is a coin, and I've already done the marking. Now I just pick the ball up. That's the only only thing I can think. Of. I have a very important question for you guys, and I, it's one I didn't pay attention close enough to to find the answer to today. Does Rom still use a poker chip to mark his ball? Because that would be a huge knock, Randy, and I, I would be firmly much more in your camp yeah. if that's true. Because that's a not good. I don't I, think I so. I didn't notice. Yeah. Which means I'd probably not, but that could have been part of the whole marking thing. Right? Is Rom like he had the thing at the at the uh, You know what it Open. probably was? Jason Kokrak had all his chips <laughs> and he had pushed him into the center of the ring. <laughs> Kokrak, I think, was even or one over at that point too. He was he was like three or four under on the day. I think the field might have called Kokrak's bluff today. <laughs> He was short stacked, all right. He I, he wasn't bluffing though. No, he I, went deep, he, he, but he more got like beat on the on the turn. Maybe push came to shove. He just he, he didn't went have all the in like he four didn't or five cards. times yeah. and and won. He and had then, ace king. Yeah. It just like nothing came on the flop for him. He had ace king three times. Yeah, apparently. aces right? and three kings times and queens. Yeah. Um, going back to Rom, like Rom had gonna, the, the thing at the British Open a few oh, years ago with the um the Scottish Open or the Irish Open. Open Irish, Irish Open, Open. Like one of those Opens they're all the <laughs> same to TC <laughs> no you, nobody loves National Opens more than me he had that thing go on he had thing at Muirfield he said this I, I think he's had a couple other instances as well is he developing a little bit of a Cavalier reputation I mean this I, I don't know if this is Cavalier yeah this felt like just a complete brain fart how, where do you put your ball back down after you pick it up? That's what I'm saying, Randy. So he didn't move his like Hayes, his caddy like pointed exactly. He's like, "That's where it was, right there," and didn't move his foot. Like he's like, "Don't move your foot. I know exactly where the spot is." But it could I have been think a one shot blade of grass, though, right? I think one shot is plenty punishment. It's like a for butterfly flapping its wings somewhere in Africa. If you don't pick his ball up there, this whole thing might go somewhere. Maybe somewhere Mackenzie different. Hughes isn't in Eastlake next week if Rom puts his ball in a slightly different spot. How? <laughs> I, yeah, I would have to dig into the math on that. That does, at first blush, uh, that doesn't seem like a shakeout. As said, but, butterfly effect, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, many different things could have could have happened. You just don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, you guys are right. That's that's going to be a theme the rest of the uh, episode. I'm sure. So, TC, Randy, you guys nailed it again. DJ going into East Lake as number one at ten under par takes the lead at the Tour Championship. Rom in second at minus eight. Does that feel right to you guys? I think that feels right. I think it's everything else that doesn't feel right. What do you mean? Like they're not that far ahead of the other guys mm. when they've kind of lifted That's, and separated, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought Joel Damon had a great point on Twitter. He retweeted the laying up thing and then he's like, Yeah, like this is right, but I also like don't know what the answer is. Right. I was mostly joking. I think yeah. like if we want a final fun event, they don't give somebody a f- eight shot lead. Like that's not going to be interesting. It it just <laughs> seems like yeah, if this thing too. was more than just a kind of a, a sham or whatever you want to call it at the end of the year, DJ should have won it. If he wins the first two, there should be like a battlefield. Like, all right, you win a $10 million bonus. Or you have a five, five or six shot lead. Sure. And then everybody else is, is trying to team up and get. Or you get like three mulligans. How sweet would that be? Just like make it <laughs> even weirder. I would rather do recall. Okay. Yeah. Rom, you got to hit that. Yeah, again. Rom, you, you're. You know, great putt, man, but you got to hit it I again. Think now the, you know the line. So. I think the more damning thing was the fact that Brian Harmon, that Will Gray stat that he that he tweeted out. What was it? Uh, Brian Harmon almost almost got into the Tour Championship after having one top 10 this year. Correct. This yeah. would have been a second. Right. But that's like, the, they make all this deal about he the season-long championship and all that But I that think stuff. the season-long goes until the playoffs start, right? The playoffs have to be volatile. And they're arguably not volatile enough. Shout out Big Leash. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're not volatile enough. No, I mean, I seven spots were up for grabs. Like, I don't know. I, I, these things should be worth more. I would hate. I was kind of surprised some of the guys that were in the top ten today that didn't make it into East Lake. It's like they were just too far back. Kokrak T six, and he finished forty second in the points. Like, he and had I no also shot. like I don't want to sit here and weep for the guys that didn't make it to East Lake because they're still. Like they still get to make their own schedules. They still get. Yeah, to, but the majors—that's a big deal. I get the majors, but it's still and the tournament of champions. Come on, I mean that's that's, that's true. Are, you know, are we sure the majors are are uh, you know are included? NBC would not say anything. Of, they of, of that they, they mentioned the majors. I think they well, they said the majors, but now we don't know what the definition of majors are. That's yeah. true. You know, oh, who, who knows? They include the players. I Maybe they didn't I, even include the PGA Championship. I felt anymore. like the red who phone knows? was was ringing all all weekend. <laughs> Ponavidra is just calling in. Hey, you can't say this. Hey, you can't say that. Azinger said, "Hey, it's a the FedEx Cup is a pretty prestigious thing." They made him go back and have a five minute soliloquy about. It was five minutes or five seconds. Which one was closer? <laughs> Listen, who can say what? What did it seem like? It, it, I think the that I think was the, the mind, moment I knew that the FedEx Cup was prestigious, though. Like when they, when someone tells you about it, the that second helps. time that yeah. helps yeah. for sure. And that's what I think made us so excited about the, seeing those putts go in was that we had been. <laughs> Reminded constantly of just that these guys were doing it for the glory, but I think God, that, that uh, <laughs> no, I think the minus ten, minus eight thing, I think that all feels right. It's fine. I feel yeah. like it actually, you know, I, I think it's been a fun thing to bitch about for the last, well, I don't know, thirteen years, I guess. But it feels like I, I will give the tour credit. I think that the the system feels like it's it's been changed what seven times, eight times, and it does feel like it's been changed for the better. It feels yes, a lot more cohesive you know? this time. Yeah, I feel like, it, to your point, Sally, the, the regular season's straightforward. There's fucking way too many events, and like it's completely watered down, and I feel like Wyndham got fleeced on all their Wyndham reward stuff, and like that's a whole other thing. But the way that, you know, the, the balance of volatility between the playoffs and the regular season and all that stuff, it feels like, you know, right. DJ and Rom, like, yeah, those should be your two guys coming in. If Harmon couldn't play his way into Eastlake, like, don't let him in the playoffs then. Correct. Would be my take. Like totally. he, if he's played good enough in the playoffs to make it all the way through, like that's the whole point. Like yeah. Horschel's story was a pretty like a damn good feel good story at the time. I mean, he was 82nd, I think, heading into Boston, finished second there, won the BMW, won the tour championship, and won enough money to change his I life. I thought you were talking about this year. I'm like, I no. don't really care if he no, gets no, in. No, no, no. No. McKenzie <laughs> yeah, Hughes. Yeah, yeah, though, no. Like, Original his story in twenty fourteen or whatever yes, that is. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Holy shit, Joaquin Neiman didn't didn't make it to the tour championship? Yeah, he did. He's eighteenth. Oh, this is all right. Sorry, this is the non-updated ones. You would think they would have updated their fucking website by now. It's updated on the leaderboard. To be okay. fair to them, okay, you but, would think so, and that's something you do hate to see. Before we go any further, if you watched, you know, we were filming the most recent season of Tour Sauce in Oregon. You may have seen a video that we shared of a hole in one at a beautiful par three course at Bandon Dunes. Uh, video it shows the swing. You see the ball go in the hole. You see the wild celebration that ensued. You didn't see the debate afterward as to whether or not it actually counts as an ace. I think you were riding hardest against it. For sure. Be, and like we were all like, dude, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like, let's no, just go drink some beer. Neil was like, yeah, but is it an ace? And I was like, no, it's not an ace. Uh, but you're not listening to me. <laughs> what the video doesn't show is what took place right before that. We used the new NX7 Slope Rangefinder from Precision Pro Golf to shoot the distance and pick the right club. In fact, we used the NX7 Slope throughout our entire trip to Oregon. Uh, it was fast, accurate, and reliable. This version, too, has such a clearer picture through it. Like I could, uh, You can see the contours of the green through this. Thing. They cut through some fog that night. They did. That well, was actually... What was the number? Do you remember? 65 yards. 
playing i mean was it true was it 60 well, i played a tournament 63 playing 65 with randy right there i play the tournament i'm not like oh, it was it was slope. slightly uphill i would i think it was 65 playing 66 in honor we, of we go m1 years. we go we go tournament mode but you could i think you know to to you help could. out the ad read there it does have a slope feature right yeah but big randy's sitting right here <laughs> he hates when people use that it That's just true. depends if you want your handheld or not <laughs> The C-Suite, the Strat Boys, and the NARC, we all trust Precision Pro to get us to the green. Right now, our listeners can receive an extra $20 off the NX7 slope by using coupon code NOLANGUP. Go to precisionprogolf.com. Use coupon code NOLANGUP, all one word, at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder, the NX7 slope. It is the only rangefinder company that offers free battery replacements, so you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. So swing with confidence, hit more greens, maybe even a hole-in-one with Precision Pro Golf. Randy, John Rahm, 96 feet of putts made today. Not including Six, the playoff. Oh, not including? Not included. Yeah. Mm. How about that? Almost made as many in the playoff exactly. as he did. That's cool. That is such a cool stat. That was what? It was 66 feet, I think? Right? Yeah. Uh, so he made 51 feet of putts in, on Thursday. Wow. So truly more feet of in putts. That, that's in unbelievable. That. That's you guys, unbelievable. Before we go any farther. Wait, do you want to guess how many feet of putts Adam Scott made today? Like 14. 16. 33. That's not a lot. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was, it was a poor effort. <laughs> that's 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 neat. You know what 33 times 2 is? <laughs> 66. Mackenzie Hughes, shout out, man. He will be going to Eastlake. <laughs> yeah. Before we go any farther, can we talk about the setup? Because I think that informs yeah. everything else that we're going to talk Do we want to talk about. Mac Hughes real quick? That moment? That was I think, all I wanted I to say. I think that is... goes into a little bit of coverage and a little bit of other okay. stuff, too. All right. Is that fair? Sure. Let's go. I did a playoff take, but go. Are we gonna get back to the playoffs? No, let's go playoff and then we'll go course setup. I think we're gonna go pretty good on course setup. So, what was your playoff take? This is the second round of three, and there were only two guys that played themselves in. I there's just not enough fluidity. Two guys that played themselves into East Lake. East Lake. Oh, that's the, the only two two guys that swapped spots this week. Mm-hmm. That's a fair take. But you're also you're also not considering the flip side of that is you're also not considering that. Like guys didn't have guaranteed spots. They still had to play well to to keep you know to stay in the top thirty. It's not like the, the top thirty was solidified and then certain guys are getting bounced and certain. How guys many were out. actually solidified? Like seventeen or so. Data Golf had it at around twenty three spots. Were basically mathematically ninety nine point five percent chance or better. So two of the seven then. Yeah, flipped. Yeah. Flipped. Yeah. Which like they're maybe pro- there probably does need to be a little bit more volatility. But then we get to the point where we're complaining about Brian right. Harmon. I think know? it just. I think the simplest fix, and this is not what the players would want to hear, as this is just a massive cash redistribution system, as we've said, is there's just too many people that start the first event, right? I mean, yeah, for, for sure. Like that's that's yes. kind of the whole thing. Like I have no problem with two people only moving in because I think it focuses the story a little bit, and you can yeah. get it lock in on the Mackenzie Hughes thing or Billy Horschel or uh, Corey Connors for putting the last green or whatever to to shake things up. Like that stuff becomes crystallized a lot more. I think when there's 15 guys that might move in, then all of a sudden it's like, if everything stays the same, this will... Okay, this guy just made a putt. If everything stays the same now, this will happen, blah, blah, blah. So I think there's just too many guys that get into the Northern Don't, Trust. I think that's a very good point, too, where they, they got rid of one of the four playoff events. They've added the Wyndham Rewards thing. All right, find the middle ground then where you know 100 guys get into the playoffs. The other 25 guys still have their full card for next year out of that category. But they don't get into the playoffs, and I think. And if then there's two different things at that end of the year Wyndham thing, where there's two different things to track. Then not just not just FedEx Cup 
are you in the playoffs or not? It's cards plus playoffs. Which I think that, yes, I think that's great. And I think that, you know, if you are speaking totally as a fan here, the whole, the only like money thing that people care about is the $15 million, right? Like nobody cares what eighth place makes or 12th place makes or they could do a better fifth job place makes or any of that stuff. Care. They could, but what I was going to get at is like, if we go back to our, you know, our, our thing from last week and we say that the playoffs should be the top 64 guys after Wyndham, like go ahead and give big bonuses to 65 through 125. I don't care. Like what, yeah. whatever. I don't need to see the money. Like those guys can still get paid out without being in the playoff events. And the Whereas fact that- right now, all they're kind of doing is like taking up space and, Maybe occasionally you get one guy who goes on like a mega heater and gets in, like the Billy Horschel story. But but we don't need it. We don't. <laughs> amen, amen to that. You could still get that in the top sixty-four. I guess is what I'm saying. And the fact that guys are like the tour's not leaning into the like they've never leaned into the money, but especially not this year. I, I, right? I wasn't paying this close attention. I don't remember remember hearing them mention the fifteen million. Today. I was shocked to hear. Well, um, I, I think they're under a gag order. Well, no. That. So that's what I thought. I was I randomly flipped on Golf Channel and heard. I think it was Kara Banks was doing the intro and like, let's go now. Let's throw it out to uh, Olympia Fields in the race for the FedEx Cup and fifteen million dollars. And I was like, whoa! I haven't. I don't think I've actually heard them like say that. That's. That's interesting. So I don't know. I if feel like they steered into it a little bit last year. She got to finish year. the weekend or not, but I, you know, I heard her say it at least. I feel like they leaned into it last year. Like they were talking about like this putts for a million dollars and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be awkward if they, this year with everything going on and all the charities that are not getting nearly the amount of money that they have in the past. It's going to be it's going to be a little awkward there on the on the seventy second hole, the which biggest, is why it feels a yeah. little laughable when you hear. And this is way too inside baseball, but when you hear the song that they chose is literally the words are I do it for the glory that feels like you're doing a Google search of like how do we make people care you know think that these players don't care about the money and they Where care about they something find else these songs? oh this one says that we do it for the glory like that's fucking perfect that's like exactly what we're trying to say just use that one I think they're Christian rap songs <laughs> really I do I, I yeah any, any, like anytime you hear the word glory in a song like that if they appropriate, my, my spidey sense goes up. <laughs> if they appropriated a Christian rap song for the FedEx Cup, that would be it's may- the score glory. I think is the, is the yeah. Let me let me let me do some uh, some research on the score. I got I got I have a buddy that will send me songs every now and again and be like, hey, like I really like this song. Check it out. And you know, I'll be a minute into it, and they're just using too many of those like you know, he glory. <laughs> You know, and it's like, and I just tell, I'm like, wait a second, is this a Jesus song? Uh, and invariably, it, it, it Many is. People, all right, the, the score is the band. They're from L.A. They're listed as alt rock, pop rock, Brit pop, modern rock. I do not see anything about being Christian rock. Mm. But they are deep in the the ad game. They've, they've provided theme songs for the World Series of Poker, a Jeep Grand Cherokee commercial, Dude Perfect videos. They seem uh, like off-brand Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I it's can like see the, that. It's like the store-brand version of Imagine Dragons. All right, well, we clearly need to do a much deeper dive on the score, but does that take us to Mackenzie Hughes, by the way, speaking of the score? Speaking of a score that he needed. How about that far on 18? Well, uh, going back to the FedEx Cup bonus stuff. Going back to the score. I think, so, at least based on last year, I don't think they tweaked it too much. 30th place gets 395k. Like whoever finishes 30th at the at uh, East Lake, whoever finishes 31st and didn't get into East Lake gets a $200,000 bonus. And then it, it's d- descending from there to where everybody 
up to about 65, it starts falling off pretty, pretty. But everybody inside the top 65 gets at least a $150,000 bonus. So there's not a whole lot of difference between 31st and, and say, 65th. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is like, dude, nobody cares point. about that yeah. money. Like, yeah. just just write them a check after Wyndham, and that's that's basically send what they them do. On, send them on their yeah. way. Yeah, they don't need to. No, play but then that. they're cluttering up the the quote unquote playoffs. Like, get them out of there. Exactly. Man. Like that's that's the thing. It's like the whole BMW Championship thing. Is like, all right, cut it down to the thirty, and then do like a a two week fucking sweepstakes. And then if yeah, you, you know, need some, I don't know, you at least get a chance for some fluctuation with this. Like, you they they need a couple storylines to follow. Like this guy could, and they, and they almost never do, but he could jump from sixty fifth to thirtieth. That's their worst nightmare, right? Is because because then those guys are taking money out of Rory and and I hope Rory's not you know, in those guys' pockets because that's what this whole thing is for is to reward the best players for playing at the end of the season. No, it, it takes money out of the guys' pockets that fall from like 28th to 31st in that regard. Like the top guys are still going to win win their money. Yeah, but let's say let's say Chez finished third. Wins 4 million dollars. That's taking a couple million dollars out of, you know, like four the third makes 4 million dollars, eighth makes 1.1 million. Third makes a million dollars more than fourth. He's taking money out of, but he also is out. Like he's not going to yeah. do that. But th- that's, I mean, that's such an issue, though, not just for golf, but you know that the stars are vastly underpaid. For sure, like there's so yeah, many guys in golf that are overpaid yeah. and like not at their true market. But the value. way that the tours, like you know, member run thing works is like they cannot just write these guys a check based on Q rating or whatever. Which is where I think it's another point in the column of make the playoffs more restricted. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I like I like don't even like give either, them a chance to go on a run and play like two good weeks and like at, oh I just stole I just stole three million. Either bucks. make it super democratic or make it super closed off. Quit yeah. being like kind of in the middle. And then that's where I think it's like if if anybody would say like well the playoffs are too hard to get into, which I can't imagine anybody would. It's like dude, you have forty five events on tour. Like there are a lot of chances to. And they should be hard, cut, right? Yeah. Like the playoffs yeah. should. That's that's the problem something. too. Like like 125 guys make everybody that keeps their card for next year makes the playoffs. Like that's ridiculous. It's not good. Uh, it, it, any changes like this that I would be, it, you know, if I was suggesting any changes to this kind of structure would way overestimate how much I care about what happens at the end totally. of the season. <laughs> Let's talk about Mackenzie. Okay, that is something I do care about. I care about like it's cool to see somebody like. I mean, I would imagine this is second Masters, maybe maybe more than that. I could could have that wrong, but he he's won one event before, which got him into the Masters. But getting into Augusta is something that you're not allowed to mention, especially if you're on NBC and especially if you're at a PGA Tour event. But that's what that putt was basically for on 18. And I would guess he doesn't dump that ball in the bunker on the 72nd hole if he, yeah, he knew exactly what that was for. Was my point? Yeah. That was, that was, you're talking about a guy which, that shot 66, 66 on the weekend at the Honda, though. How do you think word gets out to him that they have boards? That's what I heard Max say on, on the on his pod last week is like you can see on the board like your projected standings and okay. stuff. So I, I would imagine he probably so he wanted good. to know. I would yeah. assume. I mean, he bogeyed 17 too. Like that was what would have been really hard if he'd have bogeyed the last two holes to miss out on uh, all that all that comes with a tour championship appearance, which. Is uh, I think it's a bigger deal than whatever monetary amount you're gonna he's gonna make from the tour championship is the point. You guys want to hear a crazy stat? No, we can move on if you. I'm just the score the the band yeah has 4.1 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Is that a lot? I don't. That's a lot. Yeah, that's way more than I thought. But but that 
like that is misleading, right? Because they don't do it for the listeners. <laughs> they do it for the glory. I can see Patrick Reed being a massive fan of the score. <laughs> Randy, glory, 47 million streams on Spotify. Randy, I've got great news for Which both of us. Which is a lot of commercials. They, I didn't know that they applied those numbers to Spotify. But. <laughs> great news for both of us. Please. There will be no apologies between the two of us. We had a, a Rory Cantlay bet. I had Rory, you had Cantlay for the for the weekend. They tied. So. I almost feel like we both should apologize for how crappy they played on the weekend. It was a little disappointing. Rory, obviously distracted. Uh, a lot going on at home. Um, he does have, a, it was reported that he has a, a baby girl on the way. Uh, I imagine if he does play Eastlake, I imagine that will be mentioned 20 to 5 to 30 times as well. But congrats to Roy. 100 to 3,500 yeah. times. We're, that's very exciting news. Maybe some important perspective on um, why he hasn't been as engaged in this fall part of the season. I mean, what? <sighs> All right. I was what thinking about she, this I mean, what if, night. like, yeah. is she going to go into labor like this week? Like th- well, before the tournament, they, or is it going to be? I think they planned it around the tour championship. Is, is what it sounds like. Is it going to be? Bef- but like, he's the deputy commissioner. He has to be there. But that's what I'm getting at. Is like, Rory's got a very good chance to win 15 million dollars here, right? And I mean, does he? Does he? I mean, yeah, he does. <laughs> he's what? He's how many shots? He's seven shots back. Yeah, but you know, over four rounds. I, I don't know. L- listen, he has a, a pretty good chance. That's a that's a tough one. If you know she goes into labor on Thursday, are they gonna? I, I don't know how. That, I don't know how that's gonna shake out. I think if you have, say, JT's career to date, maybe that weighs heavier than if you have Rory's career to date. Two FedEx Cup championships. Well, that's no, but that's what I'm getting at. Is he gonna leave? I would and say. Go home? I would think yeah, without, a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Without a doubt. He said. He said he will. He yeah. said he's oh, out okay. there at the first. Oh well, first there you thing. go. Yeah. Um, you know, A, I thought the fact that this has remained a secret for as long as it has, or a relative secret, I think is a good kind of look for Rory. Like, no, you know, n- nobody wants to blow up Rory's spot. You know, we heard some rumors here or there, but it's like, hey, man, like it's nobody's business kind of thing. I was thinking about it last night. I think Rory having kids, I think he's going to play better once he has kids. I think, I think he's the kind of guy that is going to, this is just total projection, but. It seems like he, it's going to totally free him up to like, yo, like, yeah, like this stuff really doesn't matter. I love my kids. Like I've I've got my family life and like the golf is almost, and and he's already had such a great deal of success to where now he's just going to be like freed up. Definitely hope that is the case. I I could definitely see that. Yeah. I like just become a total like, hey, like who, who gives a shit if I gas this or whatever, it's going to free him up and he's not going to put all this pressure on himself pre-tournament, which I think is what's happened over the last for Two sure. or three years in majors. I think there's definite possibility of that. Tony Finau, you were a little worried going to this weekend, a little worried maybe the back nine thirty had uh Yeah, you guys kind of talked me off the ledge. I mean, I, I mentioned that to Randy kind of in confidence, but then you know, we we aired it out on the the live show that, you know, I was a little bit worried if the setup felt uh very conducive to a Finau win in that Finau doesn't make a lot of mistakes, I don't think, coming in. You know, he doesn't he doesn't make a lot of like late doubles or like he makes some bad bogeys, but he's like he's much more steady than I think Rand, Randy and I no, give him credit no, no. He's for. He's very steady. What he doesn't do is go out and like, okay, Tony, like you need to go shoot sixty five and win. Like he doesn't do that, but he no. he'll shoot sixty eight. He shot sixty five today. In fairness, so he, when he was <laughs> and but when he's out of it, he's like green light. It was just like what Rory did today. Yeah, Rory was not not in the mix at all, and then he makes a couple late birdies and looks like he you know he's right in the mix. He got a top ten kind of thing. Finau, I think, got reverse crowned. By the conditions today, in in what reverse way? crown, like you're saying, crown. his round was better than Where he got credit I think, for. It? I think Finau Finau needed the conditions to be really really tough and guys to be falling back the board. 
Sure. Yeah. Well, but I think Fino needed though, to play he never better. Would have shot sixty-five. Yeah. I think he. Yeah. He, he needed to play better the first three rounds. I think. I think but, he wasted his like best putting event of the year probably on a week he didn't actually hit it that good. Like it was. It I, was probably like the putting week he needed to actually win one of these things, and it didn't end up happening. I don't feel comfortable watching him putt. No. No. There's some. There were some tough not. ones this week. Uh, like that is kind of like the whole point of, or the, the the best argument against him is he's not a good enough putter to win these tournaments, which. I'm trying to help you out here with some of these, like I'm trying to help you build your case here, but no, the case has been built for us. Like there, we have nothing to prove at this point. Like, Absolutely, you have everything to prove. The, the burden of proof is squarely on you. <laughs> I've yeah. made my bet. He, uh, I kind of was almost rooting for him to win this one though, because it would have been great fodder for the whole conversation if everyone just threw up and like completely. <laughs> Like gave it to him in no. an, in, a, in a seven course meal, Tony. Like here you go. We're gonna each bring you one course, one at a time. Here it is. Here we, it is. We wanted him to get in the mega playoff, or and, to get and in the playoff, totally gas and, and get back down by one of those guys. He got in the house at minus one, and I, I tweeted out, you know, like a, just the super mega non threatening sixty five, you know, to get in the top five, and multiple people replied. With like I would take that right now. He is he is the he is the leader in the clubhouse right now. I he might be my, the guy I would take right now. It's like. Are people not watching this <laughs> golf tournament and Listen, yeah. understand how this works? Yeah, we'll give them to you. Sure, yeah. he's all yours. Hideki. Honestly? F- Finau, by the way, before we move on, uh, he was number three in strokes game putting this week. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like He, so he said good. it was good, but it was really good. Yeah. So I have a question for you sure. on Hideki. Can Hideki win? He can. If he, if he putts like that, yeah, he can. The lag putt that he hit, I don't know if that was on 15 or 16. Or... The one that was like 12 feet short. But then he made the next one. I mean, I like, which that honestly, was one of the worst lag putts I've ever seen. It's and possible I, I he hit some bad ones. It's possible he didn't want to hit it too close to the hole. That's true. You know, that, that I, pin. Was, I for sure have been there. <laughs> <laughs> like, just give me a comfy twelve footer right exactly. up there. Exactly. I got a better chance of making that yeah. than a four and a half footer. <laughs> Hideki gained over six shots around the green this week. It was a truly all time scrambling performance. Uh, I can't recall. I mean, he, Sebastian Munoz was second with five strokes gained. I was uh, blown away at how, and maybe I just haven't watched Hideki up close because he hasn't been crazy relevant uh, the last few years, but I was blown away at how, his chipping. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, he, he was up and down from everywhere. Bent grass is a powerful thing, man. Or <laughs> rye or whatever it is up there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's POA. <laughs> watching, watching Hideki is so taxing. Like everything yeah. just looks like the hardest work. He can shoot 65 and make it look like the hardest looking 65 possible. Whereas someone like Rom and DJ make shooting a low score look super easy. Hideki looks miserable. Rom feels more uh, efforted than DJ. Yeah. Maybe that's just literally how they walk. That, yeah. that could be part I mean, of it. Yeah, but. everything with Rom. Yeah, and it's like, like Rom, just, Rom hits it so yeah. hard, whereas DJ just feels like he's, there's, there's, he's yeah. kind of walking in the park a little bit. DJ's like a free safety, and Rom's like a, like a you know, squatty Aaron Donald defensive tackle. <laughs> I wish there was a strokes gain lag putting. That's how I knew that the, the putt on uh, 18 was going in. Like, God, his lag putting was so freaking good. It's... That's been like one of the weirdly one of the things that's blown me away about DJ the last few years is just he'll hit it in bad spots on the greens or whatever, and he just doesn't seem to have a lot of like stressful stressful comebackers. It just seems like he lags it to just dead so often. We uh, we did this on a live show last night, but is anybody willing to lock in DJ for Wingfoot? Because I'll I'll just lock it in right now. DJ's my pick for Wingfoot. No, well I was gonna say I made the case earlier that I think he should skip the Tour Championship. That would be the coolest be, thing ever. Be I, cool. I feel like. 
it, it feels similar to remember the Masters that he basically won before he showed up, but then he yeah. fell down the stairs. Allegedly fell uh, down the stairs. It feels like we're in a kind of a similar spot with this game right now, where he showed up and everyone's like, "Oh no!" Like he, he won. Like he's for sure gonna win. Like there's no question he's gonna win. And that's I think how Wingfoot feels. So I, I feel like the only thing he can do is just burn Guess himself it. out at the Tour Championship. So he should it's, recuse himself. It seems like he's playing really patient golf. I mean, he does. All day today, DJ was like, yeah, like that, like so those pin locations it was the one where guys were playing at the middle of the green and it was bleeding off 30 the three, feet the down three. the hill on the yeah. right. And it was like a 145-yard par three. That was crazy. Yeah. The pin, ugh. we'll get into some of the conditions as well. But DJ's 11 to 1. But, uh, here's my thing with DJ, though. Like, how many times have you thought that? But he he doesn't cash it in. Well, well he would have won that The Masters. one year at the Masters, Butch, Butch was ready to run to the, <laughs> the nearest bookie and say, like, dude, like, I, here's my life savings. <laughs> he bought don't. DJ like a some sort of commemorative thing. It was like, hey, like, I know you're winning. Will you sign this? Start signing these yeah. flags. Yeah. The only major I've ever picked right since we started doing major predictions was DJ at uh, Oakmont. So I, I'm going back to the well on that one. Spieth, I should. I feel like I should get one and a half for like all the close calls that he's had at the, at the Masters that he hasn't won. But Well, um, speaking of DJ and majors, Randy, I mean, has anything the past two weeks – evolved your stance on Dustin. Obviously, you you said he's got through this year to win a major. Uh, otherwise, he'd be dead. This was major-like conditions. He didn't even, you know, he played well enough to win, didn't important, quite win. Important caveat, including next year's British Open because they oh, that's right. this that's year. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yes, but not next year's match. I think the very least you could do is add the fact that he played so well for the three hard rounds of this tournament. You should tack on another today major. too. I know, but I, today I, doesn't count. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a debit versus a credit I for Randy because it was an easier day. It, for sure. The course got easier every day. Very disappointing. TC, I hear you. I hear that. There will be no extension. Okay. That's, that's Basically, win Wingfoot. Is, I, I would suggest you win Wingfoot. Or the Masters. Or the Masters. Is or next year's Open or next Championship. Year's open. Could we talk a little Olympia Fields? But if he wins next year's PGA, that doesn't count. Which is that... Kiowa, practically a home game. How can de- how can dead people win majors? <laughs> I don't. They haven't yet. <laughs> Just, did you see last year's Masters? <laughs> Do you want to go into the course setup? This might be a good segue. Or can sure. I if, can I ask a question? Sure. The Olympia Field North Course. Why does it exist if not to have a tournament there every year? Who is going out and playing that course every day? <laughs> Like seriously, that course is tailor made for a championship golf course. Like, do I think it's a perfect golf course? Absolutely not. You know, what I want to play there every day? Absolutely not. It is meant for like these type of events. So why does it not have one very, very consistently? Sounds like it could be getting a lot better too. I know they're talking to various architects. It sounds like it's going to be a sweepstakes in Chicago as far as renovations go. All over the city. Well, I don't know. Zinger has some plans maybe to put some trees back in some of these places. He was riding. He's going to turn it into an arboretum. I I, I missed that. I saw people posting about that. He was just riding for trees. Trees are great. And you know what? I'm with Zinger. I like trees. On Like right on golf courses? Sure. I think some have to have them, and then some cannot have them. This this, this aligns for his super take, for his take about supers, yeah. No, this is not a supers take. This is purely how I enjoy golf take. I, I think... You know, I understand all the reasons why tree removal is good for golf courses. I still think if you can if you can make it work with trees, I prefer trees. I will meet you there that like two little trees in a place that very clearly like kind of an, a, an environment that clearly should have trees has a bare kind of feeling to it. It's all course dependent. Yes, it's right? very course dependent. 
I think if the corridors are plenty wide, if you're if the if a course is framed by trees, I'm totally okay with that. If the trees are blocking views to other holes, I think that hurts a golf course a lot. I think you yeah. should be able to see to other holes. Maybe. I think it makes for more interesting recovery shots. No, I think well, a so few that strategically was, placed trees. That was a very nuanced. Uh, Jay Blasey, the architect, chimed in. Uh, very, very good stuff. He said, like, it's it's not about the 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 whole of the trees. It's about strategic trees here and there, you know, properly placed and all that. And it's like, you know, the fact that if it's just wall to wall trees, you're punching out left yes. or right. If it's a few strategically placed trees, you have to hit a brilliant recovery shot, and then you're looking at double or triple. Instead of like, otherwise you're just looking at a bunch of bogeys right in a row. Does that make sense? That that makes sense. I can see that. I, I'm skewing, I guess, maybe my personal feelings with, and you I, know what works best for a PGA event, maybe. But that's kind of where I'm at too, and I, I I would agree with with Jay on the whole. But I I also, for variety and chaos sake, I do sometimes like like a claustrophobic tournament where it's like, no, just hit it straight, man. <laughs> that's why we have Mexico. You're right. I guess we can't have two of those. So I, I'm horrible at, at integrating, uh, you know, questions into the show. But I, I do. We do read the questions. Sometimes it's hard to just. Sometimes the questions just suck. But this is a good one. Uh, not really, but it's. I'm, I'm working this in anyway. At from Bodev Bodazafa. Let's hope the USGA was watching how this course was set up. This is how a U.S. Open course should look and play. Agree or disagree? The thirty-second answer is like mostly agree. Things went really well for them this yeah. week, though. Twenty-minute answer is a lot is a lot more complicated than this, I would say. Um, well, we got a pod; you can you can expound on it, right? Go ahead. I think like I think that the current with the current state of technology, narrow fairways can work for championship golf. Do I think it's the most fun to watch on repeat? Not necessarily, but like, was this better than TPC Boston? Like a million times out of a million, yeah. So, do I think this is a 10 out of 10? No. 10 out of 10 would probably be like how Royal Melbourne played last fall. So I want to be careful at giving it too much praise, but at the same time, I think this is the best, most realistic option we can have. I still think wider fairways would have been more entertaining. Um, as long as the greens are firm. Greens like, are that, firm. Everything starts with that. Yes. Like shit starts to matter way more. The, the playing field gets leveled so much more when you know the greens are firm and it's like all of a sudden not that much of an advantage to be super close to it dj specifically saying that when pins are up he's laying further back off the tee to be able to get at certain pins was a very noteworthy thing that is not something dustin johnson would say at every tournament right and i, I think the other distinction would be they had pretty much a perfect week weather-wise weather-wise uh it cooled off quite a bit so i mean shit maybe it could have been even better if it didn't cool off and if it would have stayed hot and windy, because it wasn't windy today, and that's the reason for the for the lower scores. But biggest thing I think in my mind would be like the USGA would have altered stuff, yeah, day to day, right? Whereas I think everything seemed very consistent, and it seemed like everything was on some sort of a slope, either up or down. In this case, it was it was harder to easier as the week went along. But I think the USGA would have been more, much more up and down, up and down, where you know like. They would have totally cut the water off this morning and, you know, or the players are so predisposed to bitching about the USGA that they would have freaked out on Friday and then everybody's defenses would have been up and they would have made it easy yesterday and then made it hard on Sunday. 
So you're saying it had good flow this week? It had very good flow. Yeah, like I, it, I agree. It wasn't inconsistent day to day. Like I know they watered yesterday morning and this morning just to ostensibly keep the greens from dying. The greens aren't going to die when it's 75 degrees and not windy and partly cloudy. I thought right. the greens had plenty of bounce today. They, like I, for sure, yeah. they did. But I, I mean, I just wanted to see. I, I wanted sure. to see something over par. The, I, I did too. Thank you. I, I, th- I thought it was a good test today. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was a great. It's a good test. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Could it have been a great test. Could have been a more fun. <laughs> yes. Better test. But that is a good. As much as we joke about all the carnage stuff, there's a distinct difference between. Like we're rooting for that because it's fun to watch. Like it get over the line. And it's fun to be like, sick, 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 yeah. sick. It's rolling off the green. This was like a legitimate, really good test, I thought. Really great shots yeah. got really close to the hole, and yes. good shots got kind of close to the hole, and bad shots got rejected in spots. I, so I, that being said, would I have you know been even happier if it got way over the line? Yes, I would have. But I, personal I, preference, I, I, I totally, and why you said it got a little bit easier makes sense. And maybe there was nothing they could have done, but I like when a course gets more. Di- like I don't want the easiest round to be on Sunday. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Rory had an interesting quote on what was that Friday? I think saying, "Hey, like the WGA, like like maybe maybe the USGA should talk to the Western Golf Association." Which I don't think the Western Golf Association set this up. <laughs> That's Rory just getting us a, a shot in at the USGA, yeah. which yeah. he obviously <laughs> despises. But yeah, but it's like you know, but on some level, I think that. The USGA is held to a different standard. Yes, but it's a bit deserved, I think. Like for the <laughs> it's one, to, it's uh, totally yeah, deserved. Yeah. yeah, and so it is like easy punching for the players now. But I guess the question is, if the USGA set up the course, let's say we just look at Thursday, Friday, and we're on Friday night here, and we say, all right, the USGA set up the course this week. Guys are getting dick punched, like they're they're pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> are guys coming at the USGA on Friday night saying like? Mike Davis, yes. like I don't a, think so. A, I don't think so. Not this week. Not this week. No, no. I think there was what four guys under par, three guys under par. I think people would be like, "This is such a great test. This is what makes this championship so great." This is why we brought John some, Bodenhammer in. Some people would have. Wait, bitched. you mean players or, yeah. or players? Yeah, yeah. See, I, I think, think players would bitch. Just some, bitch. some would. Like some would go. It's out like and, sport at this point, yeah. right? Some would go out and shoot seventy-eight, and they would blame the USGA, and that would be fine. But I don't think the good. A, I don't think the like good big name players would do that. Because I think they would play well on a setup like this, and I think the overall sentiment would be—I think the the overall sentiment kind of takes their cues from those guys. I think it had total balance to it. There was no hole, no one pin position that like a couple, like one or two bad pins is what sends players yeah. over the edge. To be like this is unfair. Like the ball is just what like, keeps me locked yes, in the sofa it does. for eight hours. And that's one thing the tour like doesn't really ever get wrong is yeah. have one a pin that just like nobody can get close can to. Can you room. literally think of but one why, pin why? on the PJ Tour that that they really screwed up? Like, couldn't they like couldn't they do that every once in a while just to give us they a could. little nugget? But like, what's the benefit? Like from their from their perspective. Like I agree. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, ratings and the fan, like that. That just goes to show you, like they don't, they don't talk give about a that shit, shit about that. They don't, don't talk about that I, shit. Yeah, it's an entertainment product. I don't think people are racing to the TV to be like, oh, the pin on seven, so crazy. Like I got to stop mowing the grass and people go and still get talk in there and watch about this. The, the players. The we Kenny still baby, talk about that. <laughs> we still talk about that. I don't know if the, the no, public. No, but at I mean, look at like look at the quality of this leaderboard. It's outstanding. The fact, like, if guys, if you did this more often and went to better courses, and I get, like, all right, infrastructure and all that, and all, all this comes back to the ball, too. It's like... That's what I'm saying. If you can go to more places like this, yes, you're going to be able to have a more proper test a lot of the time. You're going to have a better leaderboard. 
You're going to have less fluky winners. You're going to have better ratings. Like it's better for the sport. Well, at Chambly Brandle, if I may, this does not put a rest in like rest my case on technology doesn't need to change. It's the exact opposite. If technology was different, there's more so many more golf like courses this. that could yeah. play like this, and you could you could you know you wouldn't have to quote unquote manipulate. There's just not that many Olympia fields out there that, with with perfect conditions this week. Yeah, yeah. So, Randy, you equated it to to the climate change, right? <laughs> I got four really cold days here. I think it's snowing. You know, what's this climate debate about? Could, could use a little bit of that global warming right about <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, what are, yeah. The scientists, what are they? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just. You know who really knows what's going on is my bro- my buddy Gary, who's been, you know, he said it's super cold this he was, winter. He was reading that one thing. Uh, Saw it on Facebook. Uh, yeah, it's just the exception that. that that proves the rule in my in my opinion. Well, one thing that I think is probably good, I don't know if we want to transition to this, is I feel like we're, there's going to be a ton of similarities with Wingfoot yes. to what we saw this That's week. That's why I like DJ. Yeah. And Rom, of and course, Rom and, should be right yeah. up there. But I would say I think Wingfoot, I've only looked at a couple of the flyovers, I think a little bit wider gaps to fronts of these greens for run-up shots, if it plays firm, would be a little bit... Like, how fun was it to watch 15, like the yeah. par 5, the shots running through that gap? That was awesome. Giving players that kind of option is going to result in more entertaining golf. And two, I the, got the biggest kick out of watching dudes from 150 yards have no idea what... Like, they made bad swings at it because they were so... un. They were in their heads. And they were not confident about the yeah. shot they wanted to play, the line they wanted to take, how much they wanted to bite off. And that was so freaking refreshing. They were playing golf versus yes. hitting golf shots. Amen. You couldn't have said that better, TC. Question for you. If if this conceivably, and I've blocked out much of Wingfoot from my from my memory, but I'm just wondering if this did play a lot like Wingfoot, and let's say this was, for all intents and purposes, this was kind of a U.S. Open this week. I would almost think, like, wouldn't it be super hard to turn around and keep playing well? At win- like, I, I guess point. what I'm driving at is it's really hard to do that for four rounds, but yeah. to do it for eight rounds in the course of, like, four weeks would seem a very tall task. That's, I mean, I think that that's the thing. It's like the tour championship at this point feels like a distraction. <laughs> I think a, that's I why think, Dustin should skip. That's I think guys would want to rep that, that week and they, the week and off. They have a week off. Safeway's yeah. going to be a bleak scene. Yeah. Dude, I, I feel like... I mean, right now, I was texting a couple guys like, enjoy your off season. I want you to get, get a lot of work done, do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like their off season is one week. Find your passions. <laughs> Which who knows what's even, I, I don't, haven't really read up on the, the fires and all that stuff. Who knows if Safeway's even. Nicholson was alluding to it. I know. He was saying. Top of the rock. Who knows what, if it's even going on. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Wing- th- that's a fair point, I think, though. Like To your point, like it, grinding out eight rounds over that style of golf course. But I I, I look at the opposite way of like, uh, you want a playing style that will work on this. Somebody who's hitting it. it DJ and Rom hit the ball very similarly. Like very straight for how far they hit it. Left to right. Very consistent ball flights like that. There's no coincidence that those two that their playing style ended up in a playoff, and there's no reason to dislike either one of them for Wingfoot. How about the drive Rom hit on? Was that like 14? He got crowned by the muff. Well, not the one where he got oh. crowned by the muff. The one after that, at 15 maybe. 15 was the muff. 15 was the muff. 17 was no, where he 17 and then 17 was 17 really good too. Was the one where he drove it in oh. the 17 yard fairway yeah. there with the driver yeah. and hit it like 330 yeah. and landed it on just like. I mean, shit, dinner table. I mean, shit, the one he hit in 18 in regulation was yeah. silly. 
looking at wing foot odds, you got DJ uh, plus eleven hundred, Bryson twelve hundred, Rom twelve hundred, Brooks, Rory and JT at fourteen hundred, Xander at two thousand with Morikawa. I like more. So going back to your mm. your take earlier, Randy. Morikawa having some time to digest the PGA Championship win. Didn't play great this week, but you know I think he's kind of he's on cruise control out. for a little bit, and, and it's then, almost good because it's like exactly. okay, well, what do I what do I actually need to work on? Stretch run, yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, the big golfer in there, and I, I feel like maybe we need to unpack him a little bit, as I think we were kind of saying. Listen, we might got a little hot after the Detroit stuff, but uh, the driver has not been necessarily what we thought it was going to be i don't think the last I mean, last no. few weeks I, he hit 13 of 56 fairways this week so i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was just looking up uh, ra- round one one one. Of, <laughs> one of 14 fairways uh and i think he still shot like what did he shoot? yeah 70 or 73 or something like that uh, which I, is I wouldn't, crazy <laughs> i wouldn't want to hammer that home too much because i think like his whole deal is like dude i don't really care that much if i'm going to be in the fairway because i'm going to be so close to the green now a firm ass setup like this right neutralizes exactly and yeah. is a factor and do now, i think Wingfoot is going to be great for him no do i think augusta is going to be great for him yes yes and that's part of what we were saying i think earlier was like he's not just driving it far he's driving it really 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 straight and some of that has definitely dropped off and the, <laughs> over the, the last the few p- weeks. Putters improved seemingly over the last Dude, his six been weeks. Really yeah. good. I think the big Fifth thing in with putting with, this week. I think the big thing with Augusta is he's top ten on the season. Yeah, in PGA Tour. There's less seemingly there's less bunkers at Augusta, too. Right? Like there's yeah. there's less stuff. Like you might be thinking avoid, about the green side bunkers. Yeah, but there's less stuff to avoid angle wise and all that. You're avoiding oh I see one bunker fronting a green versus two or three this week. I, mean, yeah. I know that sounds very basic, but it seems it seems like he's stripped the game down to basics. Oh, and it's the fairways are wider there, the the trees are further back. Like he's his sketchy iron play though, if it is sketchy. Wedge play. Wedge play. Yeah. Which I, I guess he doesn't really hit any other irons. So. Yeah. Yeah. No I, wedges. I, I do wanna, you know, the big golfer, um guys, I I was one bet away. From the Canadian? From the Canadian this week. Oh my gosh. I won four of the five. The Very big, cool. The big golfer was the only one that that mm. uh, held me down. You know, so still, sorry for your loss. I'm still up, uh, still up quite a bit on the week. Very close, cool. Close That's to, s- close to 400 on the week. Very very cool. So cool. Super happy for you. Um, <laughs> you guys want to get to some other stories and then wrap it here. We had Sophia Popov on the uh, the of course the winner of the women's the AIG Women's Open last week. Had her on the pod. This past week, talking about all the emotions, uh, she was an absolute blast. If she you was brilliant. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to it. I think that's legitimately one of my – that's maybe my favorite of the year. Well, it was exceptional. I'm glad to hear that. I was Great job. found that she was uh, extremely likable and easy to root for. Good life force. Yes. We did not know as of the time of recording. Maybe she knew and didn't say anything, but she did not get a five-year exemption out of it. I think that we thought she got a five-year exemption out of it. Don't know if that was a surprise to her, but apparently you have to be an LPGA Tour member to get the five-year exemption for winning. <laughs> my name's going to be George Spieth, guys. <laughs> Uh, Mike Wan took to social media to address the question of how she's not in the uh, ANA inspiration and why she didn't get the uh, um, the five year exemption. It was hard to disagree with his statement. He was very uh, assertive and said, "Like we're not going to change regulations. This has happened before." Um, personally, I do think it's a different situation if it's a Symmetra Tour member than an international player. If a if play- anything, you want the international player to come to your. Well, I would just say like like she's. 
one shot away from being an LPGA tour member. She is trying to be an LPGA tour member. Like she has made every effort. Like now she's proven her ability to be on that yeah. tour. So why shouldn't, why wouldn't she get the exemption? I think in his statement, he even said like, is this something we'll look into in the off season? Yeah, probably. Like, should we view Symmetra tour players differently? So I think he kind of agrees that the system is probably not great. The answer is not great, but at the same time, he's like, I'm not going to change the regulations, which is uh, totally fair. Mid yeah, mid-year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I think last year, the Japanese woman who won yes. uh, her... Was Shibuno. Shibuno. She did not get LPGA membership either. She didn't get but, she chose, but she chose. Okay. She... Uh, correct me, God, I'm getting crown. out of my depth here, yeah. but she had a choice whether to join the LPGA. Gotcha. But that's a good question, whether it was to join the LPGA and get the five-year exemption or maybe just to join the LPGA, and she declined. Knowing, uh, knowing that she's just going to keep She's going to stay, program. yeah, on the on the Japanese tour for Juan now. Juan gave examples of other players that have won majors and not gotten the five-year example, five-year exemption. So for speaking yeah. for this example, that was the situation. I thought the one thing was such a cool example of uh, like as stupid as it sounds, just PR. Yeah. Like if the LPJ would have issued a statement yeah. and said, we hear you all on Twitter, but we don't care. And we're going to stick to the rules. Everyone was so up in arms before. This is bullshit. I can't believe that Sophia is going through this. <laughs> this needs to change yeah. now. PJ tour players are tweeting about it. And then Juan comes out and instead of releasing that statement, basically just says that statement yeah. in a very human way. Just, Hey guys, here's what's going on. I hear you. This isn't good. You know, we're going to look into it, but here's how, here's why it works. Okay, pretty you know, pretty hard to argue with Mike Watt on this one. That's pretty interesting. Uh, There's hearing, no way in it. hell Big J would have ever come out and done anything and it's remotely just, human or personal. It was just super cool to see that. So good for Mike Watt. Well, as one a person who literally was, said both of those things that you just said in those two <laughs> different voices, I to me it's, it, it felt like a mistake, though, in the beginning. It felt like a bylaw mistake that could be like, Hey, we are now saying Symmetra Tour players get this exemption. All the COVID shit going on, like shit is – it's a fluid situation. Like I, I would have thought he could have looked if, into it yeah. with that with what he said. Like does is this kind of wrong? Yes. And I thought he may say that we are making an exception right here and going forward here is the rule. And he answered why he didn't do that. It was hard to argue once he came out with that statement of like, all right, I'm with you. I'm on board. You know, this Just is Just the fact the that you see who's making the decision and why and all that, I think – the. It goes back to a different question with the LPGA. Is like they do have some very, very, very strict and inflexible membership. But they've made exceptions, laws. right? For yeah. Lexi Thompson, for Lydia Ko, like to become professionals before you could have, be at a certain age. That's why I thought like yeah. something would happen. No, but, I just think I yeah. I think the LPGA needs to, you know, probably get with times a little bit more on cert, on some of their priority rankings and and eligibility stuff as far as that stuff goes because it seems like there's other stuff floating around that like it's very very hard to get an lpga tour card if you're not going through the this one funnel that, that they're sending you through mm, sounds familiar yeah austin ernst wins the uh, event in arkansas as well friend of the pod one of yeah. our favorites oh man. my gosh she's so nice has just the just best accent firecracker yeah S second career victory very very happy for her she had played you know she had had a really good uh women's open week we've so. said that she's our favorite pxg troop that's right yeah <laughs> and, and just a couple more notes i was looking for maria fossey to have a little bit more consistency she did uh 67 67 68 that was good to see good for a uh, tie for 15th um, that Northwest Arkansas tournament seems to be a good one year after year, just as far as 
the support they get and all that stuff. Um, our young hitter, Lauren Coughlin, tells me she's close. She missed the cut by one. Did not putt well the first six holes or so and was kind of beating herself up. I got to be honest on this next one. You guys said uh, we should add the Champions Tour to the agenda. And I was like, what happened? Champions Tour. And he's like, I have Phil one. I'm like, oh, my God. I thought that was I thought that was 21 days ago. Things move quickly. But don't let that Champions Tour, like, don't let that deter them. No, 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 no. From having these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, I great, said right? this last week or the week before. I forget when I said it. It's like the LPGA Tour, Corn Ferry, and Champions Tour should be fighting for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night broadcast right now. When you're not hosting people, you don't have to do – all, all, basically, all tournament sponsors want to be able to host hospitality on weekends at tournaments. You're not hosting hospitality at tournaments right now. It's all about the TV product. Do it like the Bahamas Corn Ferry events do. They are a tourism-based event that is like, hey, come look at our golf courses on TV. Let's see that in for as much into twenty one. Like I don't know when we're gonna have fans. Well, really, Scott Piercy thinks we're gonna have fans very soon, but it's possible. Uh, Looking at the Champions Tour, though, this would give them. Free reign to have pro ams on a Sunday, which might be the cheat code for them. Right? <laughs> That's a really That's good, good point. point. That's, a very That's good what I was going to say. Is that you know, I know so many things are set in stone with contracts and like the way these golf courses work. Like you can't just, you know, hey next week let's do uh, Monday through Wednesday instead. Uh, but even as you're building your schedule for next year, like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how they build out these schedules. Um, as we get into Q1 and you know, I know we're heck we were watching the uh, coverage, I think on Friday night over here at the kill house and, and uh, the Dominican Republic event is going to have like, they're advertising fans on TV. They're advertising tickets. That was one of their TV commercials. <laughs> Might just be a very old commercial. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that I do not want to rule that out, <laughs> but like at what point do do these tournaments we're starting to get down to decision you know, some of this stuff in January, February, you know, like, like as far as build outs and well, even just and like selling stuff. pro-am spots yeah. and all that stuff must take so long for these events to yeah. do. So, and the crazy thing is like champion store and corn Ferry, they're having pro-ams. Are they? The only tour that's not having pro-ams is the PGA tour. Really? I did not know that. At least First I, at least is. I know that I know the champions tour is having it on 95% sure that corn Ferry tour is. Having I don't it. think the, the events would exist without them. I was going to exactly. say the cost benefits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Phil looked. <laughs> I mean, it was complete. <laughs> it, it was a complete alpha job. It was child's play. It was. It was so fun to watch professionals play a course that is like not a for, a course that is not for professionals. Yeah. It is a wild, sweet. Looked awesome. Yeah. It was a is a resort. It is a answer to a question, which is, hey, this beautiful resort course that I would play or have played or I've been there or want to go there. What would pros shoot? And the answer is really low. And <laughs> it was awesome to watch. It was the it was the core Crenshaw one this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Phil's basically saying like like centerline bunkers do not matter to me. <laughs> and <laughs> Phil's yeah, also right. saying, I want some reps before Wingfoot, and he's playing quite literally one of the widest is he, courses. <laughs> is he playing this week? Is he playing the Foz? They're off for a week. I thought they were going oh, back, yeah, to back to back. It was the week before oh. this one. This was the second Check of Check it out. It already happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. We missed it. <laughs> so they're off a week. First uh, time hearing this. His plan is, as of now, to play Napa the week before right. Wingfoot. Um, he's used to that New York... Uh, California yeah, exactly. commute right. back and forth. <laughs> I would think maybe if Napa gets canceled, depending on the the wildfire situation, maybe he plays the the Champions Tour event the week before Wingfoot. But uh, <laughs> I, I really want to get world. He, he literally could hit the ball anywhere. Like he looked good, but it was like, oh yeah, like just hit it anywhere. He also, uh, 
for a guy who's who's kind of been dumped on uh, for a lot of his career for his his uh, physicality, Phil looks like he's like thirty seven. Looks better than ever. Man. He looks really good. Yeah, uh, let's just let's just say that out loud. It was really bizarre to see him with his aviator shades on, putting clubs back in a golf cart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was weird to see. His putting looked really good. Now, yeah, you was, know, yeah. I, I can't tell you. Maybe it's just easier greens. I I don't know. But All right, so does this make you feel a little bit wistful that he that it didn't happen, but that he was going to skip the U.S. Senior Open because that was going to be his debut. That was his first el- eligibility, right? I mean, the results for Phil on the Champions Tour don't really matter to me. I, I hate to say it, but like, I don't know. If he wins the U.S. Senior Open, that will do next to nothing for me personally as a golf fan. I mean, it'd be cool to see, but like, it's still a lot of money, and Phil cares about money. He does care about money, but it's also like, it's kind of cheat codes when you're the youngest guy out there and like you're used to play. Like, it's got to be like, it's like you, know, you play with a, uh, you, you're in the on deck circle playing with, you know, swinging the weighted bat, and then you go take the the donut off. That's like going to play the Champions Tour. It's like, yeah, I'll play sixty seven hundred yards, Phil, or whatever it is. Phil versus Petrovic didn't really no. get my ju- it didn't really get my juices. <laughs> yeah, but what if it was fun? It was fun to watch the yeah. back nine. But what yeah, if Phil really comes in and going. says, "You know what? Fuck you, Bernhard. You're anchoring. Fuck you, McCarran. You're anchoring. I'm the new sheriff in town." That would be sick if he starts completely disrupting yeah. everything. Ha- all, and like all naming of, names. All of Bernhard be and and Hale Irwin's records. They're out the window. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm trying to make all the money. Guys, we've lost the plot because he, this you, is a distraction for everything. Like, we don't want him playing Champions Tour. We want him taking Faldo's seat. Okay, so let's not <laughs> encourage true. this. Sorry, Randy. No, do you guys know how much money he won? Four hundred fifty. Like four hundred grand. Yeah, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Bigger check than he'd gotten in months, right? I think people were saying that he would have had to finish fourth or better at BMW. Which, spoiler alert, he was not finishing fourth <laughs> at that golf course this week. I don't think. Uh, so yeah, it seems like he's just making a, a business decision. I was gonna say it was probably just a good investment to, to go play next year's U.S. Senior Open site, Omaha Country Club, home course of Danny Woodhead. That's right, really. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Woodhead and and I know I know Phil's a big Chargers fan too. Wow. So there you go. Mark the calendar. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, the big woo woo won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. A big woo woo, the, the little the little woo woo. Little woo woo. Somebody wrote in here the big woo woo. <laughs> oh, um, the, I didn't know there were two woo woos. Well, there's yeah, Siwoo Kim, who's you know a major championship winning the players. I didn't know but, you guys referred to him as the big woo woo. For sure. Oh, uh, but the uh, the little woo woo, Brandon Woo. Randy, uh, it's only in the morning though. One. <laughs> that's a throwback video. Uh, one on the Corn Ferry Tour this week. The tour championship. That's right. Evans, Evansville, Indiana. That's that right? right. Vic, Vic from Victoria no National. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same in August as it is in April or May. Scores, um, scores are like two, two shots, three shots lower per round. And it's with no cards on the line. That's obviously not the yeah. same as well. Um, Rasmus Hogard, the 19 year old Dane, mm. wins the UK championship, um, completing a fine rookie season on EA Sports Tiger Woods 2012. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he won at the Belfry. He's had an incredible run here in, through uh, the UK swing. I, I, I missed the playoff, apparently. Do you want to talk about the Cyprus swing? Oh, the Cyprus swing. Um, there's two two European tour events that have been added uh, in Paphos, Cyprus. Aphrodite National or something like that? <laughs> so I went there in like spring of 2017 or something like that. Uh, never been to Cyprus. I mean, people have lived on, Cyp- in, on Cyprus, in Cyprus for like, 
10,000 years and it's like an archaeological gold mine place and Sweeps, we went there sweepstakes. a sweepstakes we went and stayed in this town called Paphos Paphos I don't know if I'm saying it right it was one of the worst places I've ever been like it was like a 1960s slash 70s like rundown British like vacation spot it it was like dingy arcades and it turned out they're having two tournaments there in back-to-back weeks I'm absolutely stunned there's some really great shipwrecks along the, that coast and it's a really cool it, I doubt many of the players will make the trip to the non-sovereign country of northern Cyprus on the northern part of the island which is if you want to read up on some some crazy stuff that's that, so all right so they're going from crazy crazy good stretch here the uh, Euro tour schedule is wild they go Andalusia Masters Portugal Portugal Winged Foot, Irish Open, Scottish Open, BMW PGA, Scottish Championship, Italian Open. They still don't have a course for that one. That's October 22nd through 25th. Then they go Cyprus. The first Cyprus Open is against the WGC HSBC. And the second Cyprus tournament is the Cyprus Classic, also at Aphrodite Hills. And then the Capstone. And then the Magical Kenya Open. (laughs) (laughs) Leading in to the Masters. <laughs> the fact that they didn't have a tournament on one, like, because Cyprus is divided, right? There's Cyprus and Northern Cyprus. Yeah, there's no, like, literally, Northern Cyprus is like a non recognized country. It I know, that would have been sick if they yeah. had, like, the Cyprus. I don't know what the golf classic. is like there, though. Like, the Cyprus open and the Cyprus closed over on Northern <laughs> Cyprus. It is a militarized state that uh, we did cross the border over into that. Uh, was and got some very strange looks when we toured that that place. That was Cyprus is wild. Cyprus is really cool. All right, it's finally time. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I'm, you're delaying no, the inevitable. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not delaying anything. I am begging for this this discussion. Uh, I think there's some other things. Matthew Fitzpatrick, T6. I don't think we mentioned him. Okay, great gritty grinder. Randy, home game. Yeah, home game. Completely comfortable this week. You know, he was he was staying in his own dorm room, right? <laughs> Brendan Todd, shout out to him, T eight. Unreal. This week. Sebastian Munoz, graduate of my program. Solly, I'd like to congratulate you, Lonto Griffin, T ten. Thought it's he pretty, was gonna give it away normal. late there. He was creeping into Scotty Shuffler territory. And uh another guy who's had an excellent season that I'd like to give props to. Ben on. He really mm. is. Ben On's been poking mm. around a lot. He's been around a lot. Can I mention one name that you you haven't rattled off yet? Yeah. And let me say, there's no bigger house in America that roots harder for Leash than this house. But seeing Leash shoot 30 over the week after someone shot 30 under is among the most unbelievable statistics I've ever seen in my life. And I just want to point that out and get that on the record. Deej Leash made two birdies today. <laughs> Dennis, his swing coach, is stuck in, in Australia. He cannot get out of the country due to COVID regulations. I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Of course. He, obviously, he's won this year. He's, he's got a solo second this year <laughs> at Bay Hill. Leash is comfortably, comfortably into Eastlake. Uh, which, if you're not playing Maybe good, no bigger damnation. If you're not playing Eastlake. good, like, this is, this is the nightmare setup. Like, if you're not... Oh, he doesn't drive it straight to begin with. This week, I was, oh, I, was yeah. I was talking to Maddie. I'm like, hey, man, like, is this a good thing or a bad thing that you guys, like, you got four rounds on the course to work it out, but, like... If you're 30 over, like, do you want four yeah. rounds on the course? So I give him a lot of credit. He shot, I think, 73 today with two birdies. And, yeah, I mean, he's just searching. I feel bad for the guy. But but also, like, I feel like when Leash, when he plays like shit, it forces him to put in the work. And then he comes out on the other side better than he was already. hope that's um, the case. Brian Harmon, you, 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 DJ kept calling him a skinhead. <laughs> 
Well, he just shaved his head, and it's jarring to see. So I don't, he had the best flow in the he world. He had great hair in high school, but then he like got deep in the male pattern baldness. Like I think it came on really quickly, possibly due to the Megacorp hat. Who knows mm. what Megacorp's pumping in? They probably got some microchip and then tracking the, his thoughts. The last thing that we haven't talked about is the muff. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't done Amsterdam yet. That's true. We got a lot to get through here. What do you want to do? The, the, I mean, that the, that could be one yeah. and the same. Well, so the mu- Zinger kept calling the right on 15, the muff. He's like, yeah, he's hitting it in the muff. There was some weird shit and going shit on there. shit kept getting bounced out of the muff. A couple of really lucky breaks. Again, for every time they showed Rom's penalty, like, oh, this might cost him a tournament. It's like, dude, he just got a, a shot right back. Yeah. The ball went into the trees and bounced out, and he made birdie. Like That, yeah. that happened nice. like three people back to back to back. Somebody uh, hit it so high up into the trees. It was it was, it was like an, it was like an upper deck yeah. shot at Joaquin Tiger Stadium. Tried to get in the muff. And then the muff just completely rejected, rejected it. it. Throw it back. Everyone was chanting, throw it back. <laughs> Prophylactics. Sungjae and Alex Noren played up 14 today, and I don't know what happened. I don't. They hit trees off the tee or whatnot, but they both played up 14 today, and I needed to see a replay of that. But then, but Hamsterdam, we can keep this somewhat brief. I, um, I felt I felt like Tommy Roy got kidnapped. It was, it was I think it's a 15-seconder per person. I, 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 I yield all my time in advance. Disappointed. Didn't have flow. I felt it was strong early in the week and then got to the weekend and it was an ad fest. It was too many ads. Like it, it was, it was a lot. I, I was expecting more from NBC. They do it for the glory though. They do do it for the glory. Um, 15 seconds. TC. Okay. Felt like Tommy Roy got kidnapped by Lance Barrow this week. There were no overhead shots. There was no context early in the week. DJ said he really liked some of the context shots as far as some of the, the weird angles that they were showing and, the relation from one green like to DJ, the next fairway or anything like that. Yeah, you're done. Honestly, Shut his microphone honestly, off. Honestly, I thought it was a disgrace. They've clearly not. He's off. Uh, just too many commercials. It yeah. completely kills all the flow. That's when the that's when the gas leak comes in. I wish there was more on-the-ground stuff to show the undulation in the greens because I feel yes. like we got that once, and it totally paints yeah. a different picture. So I, I, I'll no, say. No, no, CBS, no. I'm going to give CBS credit. Then I'm definitely cutting your mic off. No. So see, I feel like CBS had more handhelds, and especially around the greens and all that. I feel like there was more. Do you know what a hard camera is? I, I, like, I knew more about what the actual like slope of, of stuff was doing. I don't know. It just felt like CBS was like, CBS is trying now at least. It didn't look good because Lance Barrow was still, he's not capable of even doing a split screen. But the fact that like he's gone now, open mind. We're open minded. You're moving done. Forward. This, moving on. Moving on. This NBC is a, mailed it in. This week. this is going to be a complete preview of what the discussion we're about to have. Let's do this now before segments. Okay. I'm going to give you guys a chance, but I'm going to warn you. We you need some backstory. Know. We need some backstory. We'll how, give how, the whole thing. How do we get on this? We'll subject give the, in the first whole place? thing. But I'm going to warn you. You better come to the table with an apology, with a formal apology. And here's why. Well, I'm going to apologize. No, no, no. I'm apologize to you. Yeah, you will apologize. This comments came on Friday. Somebody, somebody had tweeted something like, "Is the is Olympia Fields the Midwest course that the USGA has no, been looking for?" Yeah. Someone asked Rory. I think. Oh, yeah. Rory. I was going to yeah. say Rory said that. Rory's okay. tied in here. Too. He's okay. implicated in this too. And somebody brought up Oakmont. Being Randy in, brought up Oakmont. I said, oh, yeah. "Wait a second. How, don't they play the U.S. Open at Oakmont like every five, six years?" And so we got into a heated yeah. debate. Yes, they do. Is Oakmont slash is Pittsburgh in the Midwest? Okay, it's and it sure resulted. Sure as hell, not in the Northeast. It resulted. TC, you need to stand. You down. need to stop. <laughs> your your word, your bastard. Your yeah. your the, the words are wrong already. Yeah, it's not. It's is Pittsburgh disgusting. in the Midwest? It's is Pittsburgh Midwest. 
Yes. <laughs> Very distinct. Words <laughs> matter, Randy. The, the, the words were posed. We're going to get there, okay? Yeah, right, sure. Oh, well, yeah. Is Pittsburgh... The words you've posed all along the way have been That you guys signed false. off on. Don't get riled up. This I is what they do. You. They're just trying to bait you. No, I'm going to like absolutely put you in a grave here if you don't come to the table properly here, okay? So the question was, is it more... Northeast or Midwest? We ran a Twitter poll with you guys in agreement. Correct. That it would be settled. Actually, we've, we've run multiple Twitter polls. We're going to get there. We ran a Twitter poll. Is it more Northeast or Midwest? And the results came back resounding. 62% said Northeast over Which, Midwest. Honestly, I, I think we'd we, like we, to we go were, into those we results. We were thrilled with the 38% exactly. that then we Then you got. shouldn't be arguing that it's you Midwest. You guys should have expected, the pollsters were saying you guys should have expected a 75 25 landslide. And here's what I'll say about that poll. It seemed to me that a lot of that 62% of people were made up of folks who, let's say they live in Oklahoma. Let's say they live... This is so fucking subjective. Not, God. not in Pennsylvania, what, surely. And a data? lot of the results were the opposite of that also. Because it so got retweeted out of here. Yeah. Like, I got, I got no. hundreds and of so the, So they were thinking, is, you know, First I, all, I'm no, in Oklahoma. Yeah, of course Pittsburgh's in the Northeast. Well, because Oklahoma's in the Midwest. Well, let me. I got news for you, Oklahoma. You're not in the Midwest. You're yeah. in the Southwest. Let's no, not obfuscate no, the conversation. No. In the plains. Let's not get into this. No, hold on, hold on. And then I think the the other big factor, and there's two other big factors in play here. A, people want to dunk on TC. Of course, people were taking to Twitter to vote purely against TC, which is disgusting. And and I would say anybody who's lived in Pittsburgh and then gone on to live elsewhere. Resound. They they said TC and Randy, you couldn't be more right. Of course, except for Pittsburgh the people who were Kevin, Kevin Moore, your strategy coach, who lives an hour just outside of Pittsburgh, as I pointed out. And, and if you would like me to weigh in on the South Side of Chicago and what the cultural you know feeling is like there, I'd be happy to do that. No, you're from, I wouldn't you're be from right. The, you're from the plains. You're not from. You're not from. <laughs> Uh, the Midwest, DJ. So you're you're, you're from the is upper plains. Here's the whole conversation. I, I would say people are very against Ohio. Ohio's in the Midwest. A lot of the, yeah, of course, a, a lot of the Midwest. A lot of the people that that was that was the other thing. People from yeah. screen. People Do you from want to Indiana and Illinois and Wisconsin were like, yeah, but like Ohio's not in the Midwest. Like they they had a smoke screen with Ohio. And, Pittsburgh, exactly. and Pittsburghers were like, we hate Ohio. We don't want to be considered the Midwest because that's what Ohio is. But that's wrong. Can I underline it? We we based on the election that we won, at least grant me 15 seconds to lay out my case and don't fucking interrupt me once. As I know I've been interrupted all day Hasn't trying happened. to say this. Hasn't happened in, in podcast history. <laughs> Here's the conversation. Here's what it boils down to. If you ask me, is Pittsburgh in the Northeast? I would probably say no, it's not. I would probably say it's in Appalachia. I would probably say it's in, you know, a different region. The but we Rust Belt. None of that's not a region. None of these economic region. None of these were on the table. Okay. So the question was with a gun to your head, is it in the northeast or is it in the Midwest? We won that election in a landslide. It's so obviously northeast. When given those two options, that this is such an open and shut case, and anything you say heretofore. Is complete. You guys refusing to to acknowledge? That. I can make it twice as bad for you, DJ, because they wouldn't accept the results of it. So I said, okay, let's include all four regions, and I will bet you that the Midwest comes in last. And you guys said, sure. How do we phrase it? And you, we came up with the words together. This was purely an anti-TC vote. What you're about to say, <laughs> and it, we, it was said, nothing more than a referendum against TC. And you know what you guys People said? Hate me. You know what? Sure as hell won't happen. Is that? You, you said the Midwest would get more votes than the Northeast in that one. And no, you said, no, we said the Midwest would not come in last. They did come in last. 
But you but, also said that Midwest would get more than Northeast. Hold on, no, 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 we didn't. Oh, and uh, I think mid, we did. The you Midwest did. got up to nineteen percent. <laughs> the biggest takeaway from that one—that poll is null and void. Sixty-seven percent of people. We had twenty-one thousand six hundred votes. Sixty-seven percent of people said that Pittsburgh is not in the Northeast. And 81% said it's not in the Midwest. Yes. You're not winning this. This is the case. No, if it, that, listen, that poll is bad because there's no way Northeast beats Appalachia there. We could. What well, did? But that means it's you got to throw it out. It's a bad poll. We could all yeah. get on the same page right now, I think, if we said, is it in Appalachia? I think many, we'd all many, say many yes. Many people have said it's the Paris of Appalachia. I, I think Drew McGarry said that. Right, and I think I I would sign that right now and put all this behind us. I would compromise that, but I still think it's more Midwest than. D- DJ, and that's the, fine. The Nobody cares about is, the second it's part. So much more like Cincinnati and Pittsburgh are are like they're fraternal twins. Oh my God, this is no more arguments. No, no, are, we're here for the apology. I'll answer the question: Is is Youngstown, Ohio, in yeah. the Northeast? Is Youngstown, Ohio, in the Northeast? Uh, I'd have to look at a map first of all. I don't know exactly. Why? Many well, people don't, don't even have, have maps. You, I've never you, been there. You haven't seen very reliant upon maps already. You, I've you, never you been there. You grew said, up like an hour yeah. and a half from there. I've never been to Youngstown. This well, is you're right. just you are putting up a smokescreen for the fact that Wait. we bet on this. We bet, and the bet was if they if the Midwest came in fourth. You would make an apology, a formal apology on the podcast. All right, all right, all right. I have given you every opportunity. Solid, I will make a formal apology. I'm I'm willing to join you. You apologize? I apologize. I apologize. I apologize to my fellow Americans that the U.S. Census Bureau's regions are completely fucked up. And I apologize. We didn't listen to Miss Teen South Carolina 13 years ago when she said some U.S. Americans don't have maps. Yeah. Apparently, you do, apparently you are those U.S. Or Americans. the two guys that we're sitting with are overly reliant upon very geopolitical lines on maps and ignorant of you the keep culture going back to state and the lines. attitude so and everything. Stupid. It's never around been that. Pittsburgh. If you go to Pittsburgh, there's nothing. There's not a, a thing about Pittsburgh that is northeast. If you go to they don't Austin, even have if you there. go to Austin, there's not a thing about it that screams like the like Texas. So yeah, yeah, Austin is a barbecue, Austin's Shiner a, Bach, there's Austin's a, a West Coast city no. through and through. Yeah, no. it's part of the West Coast. Don't let them. They're, they're right, throwing these done. distractions out there. We're done. No. You guys I, lost. I think net net TC and I are sorry. We're not sorry. Yeah, you guys yeah. are. Just, yeah, I expect. Sorry, I formally apologize for not being sorry. You guys are complete disgrace. Further, I we rocked them. I trusted you guys. I did. That was my mistake. I believed you guys no, when you made a promise. That, like anybody who like. Do you want to introduce the Instagram poll? Like, like Philadelphia, yeah, the Instagram poll. But, no you know, scholars 60, are 60 even plus recognizing the Instagram of people poll. Said that it's clearly not the Northeast. Good, that's good thing that wasn't your argument, is, guys. Healing, <laughs> healing cannot happen until you guys acknowledge that Pittsburgh is not in the Northeast. That's literally what I've been saying for two days. But, is Solly willing to but acknowledge you guys that? Are, you guys are so on the fence of trying to win the argument no, rather than more, move the conversation forward. It's so forward. much more Midwestern in spirit and nature than it is Northeast. It's a spectrum between Midwest and Northeast, and it's more on the spectrum towards the Midwest. Yeah. And that's, if, if anything, it's an Appalachian, Mid-Atlantic, or not. Great Lakes. All right. You know, like it's, it's, it's similar to Cleveland. You guys are disgraced. We're done. Uh, you hate to see it. Oh, anybody got one? These, I hate to see these guys these squirming. Scum, these scumbags. scummy polls and the scummy people, low information voters. All right, I'll go. I, I hate to see we were prepping for this pod. Randy didn't know who Min Woo Lee was. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely did not. And then he jokingly asked if he was related to Min Ji Lee. And we said, yeah, actually, say, that's his sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jokingly is probably fair. It was maybe more cheek, cheekily, maybe. Cheekily, yeah. But, but you were legitimately shocked that 
they were brother I had and sister. Literally like that guy in the LG TV commercial, just like <laughs> staring at the screen was my reaction. <laughs> like that just tickled me. And that's in the similar vein. The other thing I hated to see this God, week. God, that guy's the best. <laughs> Listen to the Trap Draw this week. We got a great episode. Special guest. Special guest came on. He absolutely detonated Randy. Which that was premeditated. <laughs> no, it was not. I, we did not back channel at all. I will show you our text. Okay. Solly? I had, you know, I hate to see Leash playing like that. A very hard. Oh, we a, all do. Yeah. A very, uh, I guess, soulful. I uh, hate to see it. Do you want me to go? Please. Of course, you know, for my personal brand, I hated to see Rom make that 66-foot winning putt in the tournament as two days after I told the world that he stinks. Um, <laughs> that's tough. Uh, I think further than that, we've said our piece in the, in the Pittsburgh discussion, but I'll leave it at that. Very cool. So, that's wait, very, so re- very just, restrained. So do you hate, like, what do you hate to see? Just the, res- the what he's the getting as I hate to see results. that we fucking lost the no all the votes like, horribly. I, you know, twice. Randy, I, you just feel let down by the people of Earth of, of, of Earth. Yeah, exactly. It's just a total letdown. This is a total like you know maybe it's everybody else who screwed up, not me. I'm right. I, I've been living a the completely vast, different reality. I guess. Vast majority is wrong. You know what you guys should sounds done? like you're borderline. He's about to he's about to confess. Get him a coke. No, <laughs> get him a coke. You need a hot dog or something, man. What were you talking about? You Keep know what going. you should have done. You should have begged for votes. That have been that have been that have helped. That you. is they what they've been doing cause. for two days. Oh, that's right. They did do that. <laughs> No, I was, I was. I'll throw you a bone with my. You hate to see it to as as an olive branch. This is something I know you hate to see, uh, which is that rounds of golf are just massively up <laughs> in 2020. Oh my god, thank you. Uh, that was after being down. Is this the National Golf Foundation? It is. Well, listen, man, we I don't have any other numbers. They're fluffing. We don't have numbers. any other numbers. They were uh, down 16 percent year to date in April when all the courses were closed, which is a pretty you know course. pretty expected. Even despite that, they're up, I think, 20% overall, year over year. So a lot of golf courses doing a lot of things to get people out there. Many, uh, many people are saying it's the return to golf. It could be the return to golf. I think it is the return to golf for a lot of people, and that's kind of my point. Is It's kind of a rub of the green situation as well with like people having much more free time and much less uh, other recreational activity opportunities. Uh, but hopefully golf keeps some of these people around, especially the. I think there's – Reading the National Golf Report, uh, National Golf Foundation report, there was a lot of interesting things about junior programs, as a lot of soccer programs and football things and baseball things are being wiped out, gymnastics, like all kinds of stuff like that are being wiped out. A lot of these junior programs are thriving. I think, you know, in an earnest take, that's probably where kind of a massive part of the next generation of golfers is going to come. And so hopefully, Keep those junior programs bucking because you got kind of a massive freebie here. Yeah, PGA of America, USGA, local golf associations, like get off your ass and do something. Hopefully there's some some resources and some like critical thinking behind how we take advantage of this rather than just like, oh, sweet, that's and, that's a freebie. And not only that, like I've, I've seen people bitching on Twitter about, you know, like foursomes just popping onto the course first round ever. Like, yo, like don't, like, don't be a dick to these people, but also <laughs> like, you know, like teach them. Yeah, teach him what to do on a golf course or how to play or what you know what etiquette is too. Like and it's also, not, if, it's on all of us to teach the newcomers because it's good for the game. And also, if you're a ranger, if you're uh, someone like that, like yeah. hey, keep them moving, man. Like six hour rounds isn't going to be good for anybody. <laughs> so ex- explain what's I, at what's at stake I've here. Got many, 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 many messages. I'm winning hearts and minds to the Shrink the Game initiative. <laughs> it's too crowded. It's too crowded. Yeah. Rub of the green. 
I'll keep mine quick. I would say Rom's ball bouncing off a tree on 15. I mean, is that everybody Back into play and yeah. making birdie to win the tournament. Uh, that was pretty enormous. That, that was he mine got as well. by the moth. <laughs> that was my rub of the green, too. Oh, uh, you know what? My rub of the green, George Russell. Oh, yeah. We'll get to F1. No, but but that, that was my rub of the green. He got knocked out by a completely irrelevant fucking team. Positive rub <laughs> Al- of the green? Alfa Romeo should not be in Formula One. They bring nothing to the table. It's disgusting. Positive rub of the green, though. He said the halo saved his life. That the tire hit the the halo above us. Uh, Goes both ways. Yeah. So my rub of the green is to the pizza guy, Tim Petrovic. Uh, he shot eighteen under this week out at the Ozarks, which would have won just about every other Champions Tour event, and uh, just ran, lost by four. Ran into a very tan buzzsaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. Carpetbagger Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Soapbox Sunday. Any shout outs you guys want to give? I'm unprepared for this, so I'll, I'll yield my time. Yeah, Soapbox Sunday, I would like to say, Randy and I got a lot of backlash about the Chicago pot we did. I just want to say Chicago pizza sucks. Chicago-style pizza sucks. Deep dish pizza. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, Lou Malnati's is, kind of with you. is not good. Once a year. Maybe uh, once a year. Exactly. See, I don't think it sucks. Good. I just don't think Ch- you can eat it often. Yeah. Chicago should be known for its for its hot dogs. Chicago pizza is really good. The non-deep dish style pizza. Like you can get really good ass pizza in Chicago. So I just want to say all the people that that said, you know, we had JB on the podcast and you know, he was he was great. He was a great guest. People said we could have we could have gotten a guy at connecting through O'Hare that had better Chicago <laughs> takes. <laughs> have you ever gotten more vitriol for a guest? Yeah, no. uh, Kyle Porter from Memphis. We got a lot from Memphis, yeah. but there's just not me- as many Memphis. He's a lightning rod, though. Yeah. The yeah. Minnesotans were were like low-key hostile because Megan doesn't live there anymore. Mm. But uh, I, I had a soapbox Sunday. Please. Uh, I had a lot of things on my list, but what really sprung to the top was after the golf was on uh, or was over today, we were kind of waiting to do the pod and flipping around channels. Randy put it on America's Funniest Home Videos. AFV is what I... The kids Which, sorry, it rebranded as AFV. What was the uh, other one we were watching? Uh, we were also watching uh, Cannonball, Cannonball on NBC. On which NBC, was, which was sick, and that was that was, was good entertainment. It was people not people getting sick. hit by like big inflatable things and trying to not fall in the water. That was wholesome entertainment. AFV, as it's now known, uh, was a complete disgrace. It used to be like just 35 like 28 straight minutes of just dads getting hit in the crotch you could set your watch to it that was good stuff now it's just like oh my kids in the swing backwards ah I, was this the what bob a misunderstanding it used to be bob saget now it's carlton which is my whole other thing and that i feel like there was like a great schism between these all these like shitty tv shows that nobody really watches or i, I shouldn't say that a lot of people watch them i don't watch them where I think like Steve Harvey took all the really good ones. He's he's he hosts like forty shows, and I feel like Carlton got all the shitty ones because he seems like he hosts everything. Carlton sucks. Carlton sucks. That's exactly what I'm getting at. And so, Randy, I I don't know if you have any rebuttal to that, but I thought it was a total disgrace, and it was kind of a bullet in uh, one of my one of my finer childhood memories was sitting back and watching that show. I'll just say this quickly: Cannonball was horrific. I think <laughs> everybody involved in that show was a. The biggest loser I've ever seen. <laughs> even Rick, the old guy? He's he, a first responder. No, not even Rick, especially Rick, the grandpa. Like, dude, just don't. Disappointing to see the Miz involved with that. Miami. Yeah. It was horrendous. Yeah. What's the name of the one on CBS? <laughs> uh, tough as nails, which Randy said is like the precursor to the Hunger Games, basically. It's just yeah. normal people doing like 
very normal jobs and very like blue collar jobs turning it into a competition yeah randy how do you feel about undercover boss you watch that? <laughs> i don't watch these shows i do watch the murder porn lineup on cbs <laughs> and cis everything. csi dead grave csi yeah god you you wonder why everybody's so scared in this country uh no that probably covers mine <laughs> Wait, like how much do you think Carlton's making from all of it? The PGA Tour oh. every year. How much do you think they they pay him? It's probably not that much. It can't be that much. Uh, I mean, shit. Seeing what some of these Champions Tour purses are, who you know, who knows? Like, like Carlton could be pulling down six hundred thousand a year. Oh, not that no. much because he'd be in the tax returns. I didn't see him in the <laughs> tax returns. But he's talent. He could just be floating up into another budget. Maybe. I, Which will you get deep in the tax returns already? Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to recruit some folks with much more expertise than me. Okay, some forensic accountants. Yes. Okay. We're coming for you. Formula One. It's time. If you're waiting for golf talk, we're done. I we asked. We got to one question. That's a record low, tied for record low, probably. <laughs> but we're already an hour and a half of golf. Uh, that's plenty. Uh, Formula One. Lewis Hamilton wins the uh, Belgian Grand Prix. Valtteri Bottas finished the second. It's tiger type stuff. Merkel in one two. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just it, Verstappen it, third. The the Hamilton stuff, of course. Not that either of us have a great history of F one to, <laughs> to really draw on here, but it feels like when we were doing the Tiger like uh, kind of retrospective pods when when COVID first kind of started bucking on our podcast schedule and hearing all these ones where it's like, oh yeah, he won that one. Like yeah, I just. I must have just like turned it off and just like went and played golf or something. I just assumed he was going to win. Yeah, that feels like where we're at. It was unbelievable. Through the first five laps, I'm like, all right, this is, I think I kind of fell asleep for a while. The announcers, Crofty, uh, said if he carries the lead literally into turn five of the first lap, he's going to win. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> he was exactly. Sure enough. Dude, how like, spot on are the announcers? That's unbelievable. Very crazy. Guys. Like they just get all for how. <laughs> Golf's probably—I don't know if it's harder or easier to to announce, but like, how often golf announcers just like get shit wrong? Like, oh, this is left to right, and it goes right to left. These guys like don't miss on all the pit strategies, and this guy's going in for this. This is a bad strategy. This is good. Blah blah blah. Uh, the safety—the safety car was bad timing. Bad timing. I, I was hoping for a second safety car. Yeah, either yeah. zero safety cars or or two safety cars. I, I, people sorry. like people reach out to us and they're like, "Hey, we want some analysis." I'm like, "I don't have any analysis. Like, I just." I'm just trying to enjoy the race because I don't know shit about it, right? Like I'm I'm in the same boat we're, as everybody. We're else. gathering data. We, yeah. All right. My analysis would be like regurgitating what the announcers are saying because yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a terrible strategy. That guy, that guy, Karen. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Like they, they, he, he needs to be on more because I feel like they just use him as as kind of. See a, the guy who's always in the stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think great. he sits on the team radio though, and like I think okay. he buzzes back in. Like, hey, I got this now. He's like the spotter. I think almost. so. Okay. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many freaking elements to it. Like the, I don't know. Spa was, I, I thought Spa was very cool. I awesome Especially track. coming off of Barcelona. Like, yeah. you know, really the first time I've Barcelona seen it. Barcelona was a Foz. And Spa would be what? Like it a, seemed like it had some more angles to it. Like yeah. the best kind of like Rainer. Ross. Doki. Yeah. It's big. Um, it's a long track. Four, only 44 laps. You, yeah. I would like you to address racing points it was exceedingly crappy day it was a disappointing week sergio perez interesting pit strategy lance obviously underperformed um obviously is the right word because yeah yeah. is it Uh, possible they can't play real golf courses would you just bomb and gouge no no god i love this yes that's exactly what they're they're gonna be aston martin next year didn't they play great in belgium begging to get on the squad 
especially with Vettel. Vettel's coming over to the squad. Oh, he looked great. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's getting off his sinking ship. It's Scuderia Tonka or Scuderia Scuderia to, uh, Scuderia uh, Toro. Yeah, they're it, red. It's it is it is like they're riding the lawnmower. They're driving there. dump trucks. I, I I weep for Charlotte Claire. I thought I, th- I thought they were both going to take each other out on purpose so they didn't have to race anymore. Because if George from Williams didn't get knocked out, he was absolutely beating. He was beating one, one of the Ferraris, one, one or both of the Ferraris. Yeah, I See, agree. Seeing uh, Charles Leclerc go go toe to toe with the two hosses was, Who's, t- was who tough. Is, who is Charles Leclerc? Charles Leclerc. Charles <laughs> Going toe to toe with the two hosses was a tough look. Can you explain your Lando hate? Yeah, I just think he's a fluffer. He's like he's like a he's right. like a, a rich man's Albon. Moving on. Period. I I will apologize for Albon. I think I was riding really hard for him, just saying he needs you know just give him give him a good qualifying spot, and he's going to prove himself. He had one and and got beat by both the Renaults this week, which it, was a tough look. It feels like things are not going to be. It, it's not proportionate this year, right? Because, I mean, Lewis is going to win the title, like, going away, and the gap between one and two is going to be enormous, but somebody's going to get second. Like, Albon's in fourth right now. He's the fourth best. And, like, it is a t- the top three in everyone else every week, and Albon should be fourth, and I feel like he's still underachieving, and he still could end up fourth in the championship. And he's... Oh, he, it, Valtteri Botas is in third, and he, Albon has less than half as many points as Botas does. Like, he has no shot at third. Which is where I'm interested in... We'll you know, confess to being a complete novice like the rest of us that uh, I'm interested to see how the different tracks change, you know, who performs outside of those top three. Which you know was I mean? like, Renault today. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Like Ocon finishing fifth today was jarring. Like if we have more more that of these Rainer courses. That was the most thing for Lando. <laughs> <laughs> he started, he start, he, I mean, out qualifying, they were better cars. I don't know how that's damning for Lando. You're, you're a massive McLaren homer. I, I think Lando's a really good driver. Listen, I do too. I don't. I just don't really like him. That's fine. I mean, I I can respect that. I just wanted to hear you say he's a good driver. Yeah, I, no, I, he's a great driver. That you don't like him, I I certainly understand that. All right, so so going back, I think at some point, I mean, Hamilton's one fifty seven, Max is one ten, Bottas is one seven one oh seven, and then the next closest is Albon. So I think the question is going to be: Is Merck going to have a strategy that is going to Allow Botas to beat Hamilton in a race to, to secure, secure second the place, point. secure the secure the point, right. protect the like, points. Or do you, do you, do you think at some point that was the most shocking part today was if that race goes on two laps longer, it would have been. I think that the pit strategy would have changed. Daniel Ricciardo is on the podium. Is on the podium. I think Max. Shout out to him. Pitted. I think Max would have pitted if 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 the la, if the race the, would have gone the, a little longer. I hated seeing Cyril. Experience any sort of success. No, today, I love he's a Cyril. Bitch, I he's like awesome. Cyril too. I think I can get down with McLaren next year. I, I might join the Zach Brown band with you next year. Awesome, Ricardo and, and Lando would be oh. fun. My son Fr- Freddie, lo- yellow car dad, yellow car. He loves Ricardo. Well, he's going to be in he's for a world of disappointment mm-hmm. next year. <laughs> and last thing, I feel like we just need to shout out Pierre. Gasly I was going to say, when are we going to get to? Yeah. Okay, Pierre. Yeah. Okay. Pierre. Okay, Pierre. Okay, Pierre. Pierre keeps punching above yeah. his weight. Yeah. Driver of the day. Which I, I feel like they voted on that way that. too early. Ricardo should have been the driver. He was on yeah. a bad strategy and was in fourth, and it was like, all right, dude, yeah. this is not going to work out for you. But it was some good racing. I, I think, Monza in two weeks. Yeah, Oof. Ferrari going to Monza, driving the dump trucks around Monza. <laughs> Everybody said Renault's going to be quick at Monza. Apparently their straight line speed is Is that really the temple good. of speed? Yeah, it is the temple of speed. <laughs> okay. 
Why don't we wrap it at that? <laughs> we well, all right. Last thing, last thing, guys. <laughs> Rumors have it, Nico Hulkenberg, mm. Haas. Haas, Haas, Roman Grosjean, who somehow still has a seat with Haas, is going to be no longer with Haas next year. But where do you think Sergio Perez lands? Because Vettel's definitely going to Racing Point, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I like Magnussen, but if I'm Haas, I, I, I go, clear out both drivers. Yeah. I agree. Gunter, got to make an mm. alpha decision. Although I don't really like the Hulk, but I would take I would take Checo in a in a second. Yeah. Either way, I just want to say I think that the Mattia guy for Ferrari is a total disgrace and fluffer, and like he should be out of the sport. He may he may very well be <laughs> if things continue this way. They might try him at the Hague. <laughs> Uh, reminder this week, the Tour Championship starts on Friday and ends on Monday. So it does? When really? When your oh, app Labor not, Day. Oh. Literally first I'm hearing. When your app does they're, not They're refresh. making the volunteers work an extra... They're making uh, the holiday, volunteers no work less. on Labor Day. I know. Is that right? I assume that was right. Now that your reaction has me questioning it, but I'm almost positive. <laughs> well, no, if it's Friday and Monday, it's because Monday's Labor Day. I, I can... Oh, my gosh. I, I can I mean, confirm that. That sounds right, but uh, that's... Yeah, I'm the only I'm the mind. only true patriot that knows our national holidays. That's true. I will also say you, we've got a ton of people. It uh, is Friday. Randy and I are big Tour de France fans. Mm. Ton of people bitching about the commercial load on NBC Sports Network for the, the Tour de France. So we're monitoring this. We're situation. monitoring the situation. That is officially wrap. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>